We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. This is your first time listening. On this show, we talk MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling, sprinkled in with a little hip-hop and pop culture to kick off the shows. This week, we are starting with MMA, though, because we had UFC 281 over the weekend. Amazing card. Tons of finishes. A title change. Two Two title changes to be correct in that one. So, so much going on in that fight. Every fight was just amazing for different reasons. We're going to talk about the entire card on this show. We also have a guest from the UFC fighting this upcoming weekend. You guys will find out who that is shortly. So it is an amazing, amazing show today. But Dre, to start off, I know you saw this Daniel Cormier list. Top five (laughs) fighters of all time for yeah. DC. I thought you were going to talk about Nas. We got to talk about goddamn... No, we're talking about Nas on boxing. All right, all right. That's fine. <laughs> so, again, our boxing show is later this week. If you guys are wondering, it'll be next up, pro wrestling, uh, to finish the week off. You just had to bring up DC. In this DC. List. Top five fighters list of all time. So, first off, they set my boy DC up for failure. <laughs> How do you ask the man for a list that includes boxers and MMA fighters. Yeah, it's silly. That's ridiculous. It's apples and oranges. It's like, yo, what's your favorite sports player all time? Like, you can choose MLB and NFL. Like, how are you supposed to compare those two things? I mean, you know, they, they try to say a fight's a fight, but it's not. It's it is two different not. disciplines. Like, fighters in one sport, especially mixed martial arts being so young, and boxing having so much lineage and legacy, it's not fair to compare those. That being said, what does DC go out there and do? His list wasn't great. I ain't gonna lie to you. Run down his list for those who haven't. Number seen one, list. Floyd Mayweather. Man just likes of undefeated all records. Combat sports. Yeah. Just he just likes undefeated records. You know who wasn't in the undefeated? Who? Daniel Cormier. Of course. So, I mean, two, Habib Nurmagomedov. That's I only, smell some home cooking. That is definitely some home cooking. <laughs> that's that's like uh my brother. Is yeah. he has to be up on the list. Three. Muhammad Ali, behind, first boxer. Behind Habib, which is... Or right. second boxer, I guess, Floyd. 
I, I forgot. He does exhibitions now. So uh, it's hard. It slips my mind sometimes. So Muhammad Ali is three. Four. Georges St. Pierre. I mean, all right. No five, Sugar Ray Robinson. No. Five, Amanda Nunez. I'm, this is... Like, I see... Amanda like, Nunez isn't Clarissa Shields. No. To her sport. As great no, as Amanda no, Nunez is, no, she no. ain't Clarissa. I can see DC having a slanted view of MMA and then being like, throwing some boxers. And he's like, well, who's undefeated? And he's like, all right, Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but Muhammad, like Floyd Mayweather being number one, it's subjective, obviously, because Floyd retired undefeated. And we're going to talk about this more in detail about how Floyd has made this undefeated record such a special thing and where people like Canelo and Adesanya, which I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw this comparison to those two because they are the same person. Canelo yeah. and Adesanya are the same person. Whereas Floyd Mayweather is like, nah, I'm going to pick and choose my spots because no matter what, at the end of the day, my record's my record. So when somebody like Cormier picks it up and goes, oh, he's 50-0, he's number one. Doesn't matter when. He didn't fight Pacquiao in his prime. He, there's a lot of fights. That, but well, he fought. Old man De La Hoya. I, it's, but it's just, the, when you lay it out there, it's easy for DC to go, that guy's number one. Whereas Muhammad Ali fought everybody, lost three years of his career, came back, beat George Foreman, who nobody thought he'd beat, but didn't even mention Sugar Ray Robinson. No. Didn't mention, I mean, who they mentioned name? Leonard. No, Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, there's a lot of boxers that you could mention that were not mentioned in Floyd's number one. And for most people who cover boxing long-term, they only have Floyd in their top five. Yeah, he, he's maybe in my top ten. Yeah, I mean, for most people, he's I feel in the like top, top ten. ten is objective. Yeah. yeah. Top ten is, I'm perfectly fine, fine with it. He's probably one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen, right? Period. But the resume is not necessarily the same. Now, when you put Habib over Muhammad Ali, the oh, fuck are we doing here? <laughs> like, what are we doing? He really values being undefeated. Like, so he thinks Habib is the best MMA fighter ever. Yeah. It's tough. It's funny because you didn't put the guy who kicked your head off. Yes. Beat you twice. Who, for all purposes, is undefeated. Yeah. But you didn't put him on the list. There's, there's a grudge here. His resume is way better than Habib. Yes. That Habib, like, like we said year, when, about a year ago when Habib retired, or two years ago after he beat Connor, I was like, I can see your argument to say he's the best fighter of all time because he was so dominant. Did he retire after Gaethje or Connor? It was uh, Gaethje. Gaethje. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I can see the argument because he mowed everybody down. Yep. However, what was it 16 fights? Or 19? The community has to be around It was under 20. Or yeah. It's so, so when you retire with so little fights and you didn't really start fighting the best of the best until the end of your career, it's really difficult to say that you're the greatest fighter of all time. To put him on the list. Yeah, he's dominant, but Roy Jones was fucking dominant. Roy, oh, yeah. Roy Jones is arguably the most dominant athlete we'd ever seen in a boxing ring. B was 29 and all. He was 29? He got to 29? Yeah. Not all in the UFC, obviously. I don't His UFC yeah, number right. of fights were... Jesus Christ. I'm way off. Were a lot smaller. But I, I get why he's in the conversation, but not having John Jones on the list. And I get it probably because he said he's a cheat. <laughs> I'm sure it was <laughs> He's that. not on any list. So... DC's, yeah, whatever. I I guess. He's got George St. Pierre, but no Anderson Silva. Yeah. So Habib had 13 fights in the UFC. 13. Okay. And he didn't really fight anybody until, until like, the last three. Yeah. Well, actually, last three or four. Because after Michael Johnson, Ally Kenta, and then Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, retirement. 
So those last three fights were significant. Great. The funny thing about those three fights is who else fought that level of competition? Charles Oliveira. Yeah. And he ain't number one. No, but everything for all purposes, he would have beat Charles Oliveira. That's what... That, like now... Obviously, I mean, now that I we've mean, seen it. math, yes. But the, the problem was is they didn't fight. No. And the, the problem was there's a lot left on the table and with Habib. Ferguson didn't fight. No, it was a different Tony. There's a lot left on the table with Habib's career. For him to be number two ahead of Muhammad Ali is nuts. His resume is nowhere near Ali's. No, Ali... Objective. Ali literally fought... Everybody. Yes. You couldn't times over. You couldn't pick a name that he didn't fight in that era. Oh, Joe Frazier? Yeah, I fought him three times. Three times. <laughs> Sonny Liston, who was like, I think people forget or just didn't know because we weren't born yet, that Sonny Liston was the scariest man on planet Earth at one oh, time. He was a legit power puncher. So much so that people thought he took the dive. Right. They just they couldn't believe that this loudmouth kid could beat him. That's Sonny Liston. Cassius Clay was an underdog. Huge. Sizable. Under, yes. He was <laughs> a sizable underdog against uh, Ali. I mean, uh, against George Foreman, Sonny Liston. I can't remember. I think he was the underdog in the Fraser fight, the first Fraser fight. Oh, I don't know. Definitely in the rematch. Um, but it, that, I don't know, DC. Just don't make a list. <laughs> just, just say no. If, if they ask you to make a list and include a sport that you're not really familiar with, say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to disrespect the sport like that. If you had to make a top five list, fighters. Oh, I don't. Do I'm not gonna ask you specific. Do two MMA people crack the list? You think? Oof, I'm not sure I could put I, two no. MMA fighters. And I ask you that because records do matter sometimes. Yeah, and in MMA, everybody's nature, records fucked up. Everybody's records <laughs> fucked up because once you reach the top, yeah, it's just a murderer's row. No, it's it's. I mean, records matter to a degree. It's like level of competition. Who did you fight? When did you fight? They have forced levels of competition in MMA. And MMA is, uh, again, there is, it's only, it hasn't been here for like two generations yet. Right? No. no so, you know. approaching that. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's hard to put a fighter. Like, Anderson Silva is arguably the most dominant fighter we had ever seen at that time. As much as you talk about GSP, nobody wanted to fight Anderson. Yeah. He got in the ring with him. just, fuck it. I don't want to fight this guy. But after that, it was like. The turnover is so quick between that's why John Jones is the is the one person that you look at and be like, hmm, he beat everybody. Like he just never lost. No. And for a second, he was dominant. Right. And the, and the reason why he, he falls down that list because he hasn't fought in so long. He didn't look against Dominic Reyes. And every time we look at Dominic Reyes, which we'll talk about, he, it looks worse and Not worse. Great. Not the best. And worse. You didn't look against Tiago Alves. Or he could have taken Santos. Yeah. That, that's also true. But if John, if John didn't have the outside of the octagon issues and the field and all the bullshit, he probably cracked my list if he kept winning. I was about to say John would have lost by now because it's the nature of MMA. Yeah, you're going to lose. Somebody's going to catch you with those tiny ass gloves. But that's why it's astounding that he stayed undefeated for so long. It is. Like it's astounding that this man he never just got caught. I've never seen him rocked. Nah, he's he's never been I've seen him in, wrestled a little bit. He like he was Vitor Belfort had him in a pretty deep armbar. He got out of that. Like he mugged Leon Machida. He mugged Shogun. He ran over Rashad Evans and Rampage. Gustafson, that was the fight. Yeah. That tested him. Motherfucker was doing cocaine like the night before, whatever yes, he was he doing. Was. And then and the rematch, he just destroyed him. So it was, it was kind of like, ah, uh, you know, call a mulligan on this one. Let me get I this mean, one back. He head kicked DC to hell. Yes. And DC was in that conversation yeah. as one of the greatest MMA fighters we had ever seen. When he wants to, 
John Jones won the best fight. He's he's the one fighter. Anderson was close, but Anderson suffered. Anderson and Roy Jones should fight because they have the same fate. <laughs> same, same career. The same like they, they had a career Except that was like now Anderson is wildly good again. Yeah, but you know, dropped Roy's by not, Jake or something. Yeah, but the fact remains is that the longer that you fight, the more that you hurt your legacy, which is why Habib sits so high on that list. And you got to be picky. And when it comes to legacy, casual fans look at records. They don't care about who you fought and when you fought them. Records and big wins. Yeah. And Floyd, if you look at, like Leonard Ellaby always argued this on Twitter, he's beat a bunch of champions. Like, yeah, but... When? You were like two weight classes bigger than Juan Manuel Marquez. Mm -hmm. You fought Manny Pacquiao way too late. Even though we all think you would have beat him, the fact remains is when you fought him is when you fought him. Like, Conor McGregor, Andre Berto, Robert Guerrero, Victor Ortiz... Yeah. It's a little funny in the light. Yeah, they don't, they don't look great. I mean, it's But still, they were big fights, so people overvalue yeah. those wins because the spectacle around it. It, it. It's hard because Floyd didn't fight somebody like Paul Williams. No. Right? Like, Floyd didn't fight Antonio Margarito when Margarito's like the boogeyman at welterweight. Granted, we've seen what happened to Mar- Mar- Margarito yeah. now. Like, Floyd fought Shane when Shane, he was coming off the Margarito win, yeah. but Shane was kind of in the twilight of his career. Those are things like Muhammad Ali fought everybody when they were killers. Foreman was a murderer. uh, Frazier was a murderer. Sonny Liston was a murderer. Everybody fought was murderers. Towards the end. He just didn't stop. Like Norton. Yeah. I mean, Ken Norton always gave him a hard time. Every time. And Ken could punch. Floyd Patterson could fight. Like Muhammad Ali fought everybody that was in the prime of their careers. So there were no excuses. I don't necessarily advocate that knowing how stuff went for Muhammad Ali. Like... At that point, too, I'm just like, maybe he took too many hard fights in a row. Again, I'm going to talk about this later with Canelo and Adesanya because they're in the same, they're in a very difficult spot right now, both of them. But that's why DC has this bogus-ass list. (laughs) It's bogus. Let's jump into UFC 281 then. Went down to Madison Square Garden. The Garden seems to always deliver. I mean, this, this, if anybody does not say this is the card of the year, you're stupid. This is the best fight card. Like this, this had everything. And on paper, it looked like it was going to be. Yeah. It delivered. Every single one. Like, it started, like, as, if anybody followed me on Twitter, like, I was counting the knockouts. I was like, yo, are y'all paying attention? Like, everybody's getting stopped on this card. When I predicted this card, a few things I got wrong. But I, was, <laughs> I predicted on the main card, four of the five fights would end in finishes. All five ended in finishes. Yep. That's stupid. They got their money's worth. For yeah. a pay-per-view. It's a banger of a I don't card. even know how much pay-per-views are right now. Like, I'm privileged in that way. Yeah, no, But I, <laughs> I know they got their money's worth. So, let's start prelims. Aaron Blanchfield, Molly. Meatball, Molly hey, McKay. I said, I was like, they did Meatball no favors with this fight. Rand. It was an awful, awful, awful matchup. Like a warm knife through butter. Yo, Aaron Blanchfield's for real. As soon as I saw this matchup, I was like, oh, they, they just don't like Molly. <laughs> Or you're building a legit star off of the back of a randomly hot star, right? Like, Molly was dope because she fought so many times in her yeah. home country, but you knew the jig was coming. Yeah. Like, you were like, yo, somebody's going to beat Spider. her. I'm going to make sure the person who has a legit championship future is the first one to beat her. Bro, she's two fights away from a title fight. Oh, here's that. Like, you look at that division in Shevchenko, and it's like, yeah, she'll, she'll fight a top five opponent probably next. Because she is that damn good. Her and re- stupid young, right? She's 23. That's insane. So, yeah. Poor Molly Meatball. She'll be fine. She'll get another fight. Put her back overseas. Fans <laughs> will come out. She'll probably get a spinning back elbow knockout. But 
There are levels to this. She has five losses. She's just fun. Yeah, she's fun to watch. She she'll fight in UFC for the next five years just off the strength of putting on every Patty card. Yeah, and that's totally fine. But that by the way, Patty's going to suffer the same fate sooner. Oh yeah, but Patty's actually fire. The thing with with Patty Pimble is his grappling is really good. Yeah, Molly has no ground game. And as soon as Aaron took her to the ground, I was like, this shit is over. She oh, got her in that crucifix and started throwing them elbows. She had no clue what was going Yo, on. Yo, and then, like, she slaps on this Kimura. I turned my head because I was like, Molly's not going to tap. She's going to. And Aaron's, like, looking at her like she's torquing the, the, the shoulder. I was like, she's going to tear the shoulder out the socket. Molly, she readjusted and got the tap. I was like, ugh, girl's too dominant. Too good. It was one hell of a fight. Next up, light heavyweight, Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. All right, it's over for Dominic Reyes. Got dropped by a jab. Yeah. It's time to go. It's time to go. And we talked to too many jab knockouts in the UFC. We talked to Dominic Reyes during uh, International Fight Week. Yes, we did. Had him on this very here show. And Dominic was like, you know, know, the John Jones losses was fucking with my head. And that's why it would happen. Because they did him no favors. He loses to John. He fights Yuri and Jan. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then you get Ryan Spann, who's got a ton of power. But as soon as the fight started, I was like, this guy's not. He's done. Don't look good. And Ryan Spann fires that jab, and he just crumbled. And now Dominic Gray says, I'm still going to fight. It's like, all right, dude. But the confidence is gone. Him invoking Ozdemir? Yep. The chin never recovered. Ne- never. You got knocked out by a jab? <laughs> Straight <laughs> jabs. Boom. Down the pipe. And then, and then Ryan Spann, after all that, is like, Joe Rogan's like, how did you win? He was like, because I trained. What? I've never trained for a fight. i never trained for a fight. Excuse me? <laughs> That's scary. What'd you do during your career? This man said, I got off the couch and fought. <laughs> what? Hey, he might be a scary dude if he's got full training camps now. I want more people like that, just in general, around the sport. He said it's so matter of fact. He said, I trained, Joe. Joe was like, I'm sorry? He was like, I trained. I never had a... Like, what the fuck you fighting for if you ain't training? He was How like, I'm training now. Are. Yeah, he's like, I was bullshitting before, and now I'm here to fight. All right, cool. Ryan Spann might be one to watch in that wide open ass like heavyweight. Twenty eight fights, <laughs> my man finally started Yo, training. My man was a street fighter. He had to be. No training for that <laughs> shit, man. Just somebody's outside. All right, coming to fight. Yep, that shit's so crazy. Jesus. And then uh, Brad Riddle versus Renato Moicano. Yo, Renato Moicano. Had the best post-fight interview after murdering Brad Riddell. That's how you cut a promo, baby. Yo, this man loved the word fuck in ways that I couldn't love my wife. Because the way he was delivering, motherfucker, just give the motherfucking money, Joe. Like, Angie right. Hill asked on Twitter, what did he say? Because say? it was all bleeped out. I got the feed where it was unedited. And I, it was like, it was, it was money, fuck, fuck, shit, fuck, motherfucker, money. That's all I heard. Yeah. It was great. It reminded me of a Christmas story. <laughs> like he just they just start cursing but everything's bleeped out like I don't need to know what he said it's incredible with the bleeps yo it was that was <laughs> nuts but Brad Riddell you know uh, at this point City Kickboxing that was their second fight of the night yeah and he gets mowed down and Riddell's now said he's gonna step away from MMA for a while Renato Marcano I think we forgot how good he was because he had stepped in on short notice to fight Rafael Dos Anjos and yeah. Rafael beat the brakes off of him but Marcano stayed in that fight for the whole fight yep then, tough. Tough then he goes tough. back to his weight class. He's like, all right, cool. Beats the hell out of Riddell. And now it's like, you look at him, it's like, yeah, he might be a contender. His last loss in that in lightweight was to Fazeev. Yeah. And Fazeev is a beast. Yep. So he's lost to Aldo, Fazeev, and Korean Zombie. That's not bad. That, that's not bad at all. Not, dude, between that and the promo, <laughs> pay this man. Let's go. Yeah. And he, listen, he just wants to fight and get paid. Yep. Good. 
I, I love the attitude. Then we have um, trying to see who opened the card. One second. I don't know what the first fight was. Dan Hooker. It's Claudio. I did not see Dan Hooker winning this. Me either. I thought Claudio Puelas was going to get him down and finish him with some kind of submission. He got him down, stretched out the knee, and Dan Hooker defended it well. And then from that point, Puelas was like, well, that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. A little bit of jujitsu? That's about it? My man went for the knee bar. Dan was like, he had a, there was this look of concern on Dan Hooker's face when he had that knee bar. That was like, oh, he's going to tap. Because he was nervous. And he was like hitting him. And Puelas was torquing and pulling. And Dan pulled the leg out. And Puelas rolled over. And you can see in Puelas' face, was like, I ain't got shit left. That, that, that was, was it. No plan B. No, nah, he was like, that's the only <laughs> thing I got. And from that point, Dan Hooker just dominated that fight. And Puelas needed to find a way to get out of the fight. Got kicked in the body and was like, all right, cool. I'm going down. I'm going home. Damn. Dan Hooker lives to fight another day. Dan Hooker's always been a fun fight, but I just thought somebody like Puelas with great grappling would be able to get him down and finish the fight. We've seen him out grappled. Yes. And I forgot. Puelas doesn't know how to get a takedown. No. What was he doing? <laughs> Jesus. Getting the person to the ground it proves to be the hardest part. I think this should be a new rule in MMA that if you go on your back, right, and you, either you try to pull a guard or you try to invite somebody in your guard and they don't go for it and you do a couple of butt scoots, they should be able to kick you in the face. <laughs> I hate people that butt scoot because it's like I'm just going to back Pride up until rules? you get up yeah at that just point punt kick somebody if you're going to lay on the ground and you're not going to get up and you're going to butt scoot and expect me to jump into your guard like an idiot and I don't go for it and you don't get up I should kick you in the face yeah you've watched way too much Pride uh, I, I watched Pride like the night before the fight I was watching <laughs> I was watching Crow Cop and uh, I think Mark Hunt I don't think I watched that fight I was just watching people get kicked in the face and I was, that's it like Shogun used to kick everybody in the face oh constantly so, yeah, if you do two butt scoots on your back and you don't get up, yeah, open field, they kick you in the face. And that's what's crazy. People don't know, like, I didn't, it took me a while to go back and watch all the Pride shit. Like. Pride was the best. Oh, my God. It was so Axe violent. murderer and Pride? Vondelay Silva was. Vondelay Silva was an ant. Like, he should have been arrested. You couldn't beat that fights. man. You couldn't beat him. Like, he'd come in like a whirlwind, and then if you got, if you fell, fuck it. Damn, he looked like one of the scariest people I've ever seen. He was. Life. The stare downs were legendary. I mean, everything about Vandalay and Pride, the only thing that, that bugged me out about Pride every time I watched it, I was like, they always fall out the ring. And like the photographers are trying to help them get back in the <laughs> ring and shit. It's an awkward sight. So I'm glad they put a fence around the shit, but Pride rules. Yeah, man. I love that. <laughs> me, like being ringside, like now for boxing matches, it's like, these motherfuckers fall out all the time. I would have had to catch people. Yeah. you In Pride, yeah. yeah you would have like had to catch somebody. In, in my lap. And they just readjust him and move him back. And they was like, just get back in the position. Yeah. Vanilla Silver looks like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. Yes, he if does. If you go back and watch Pride. Oh, 100%. Like, Should have been cast. Yeah. Yo, hands down. Yeah, you pick the character, Brazil, and they show Vanilla Silver yeah. come up. I might work that up for TikTok and just go finish him. Yeah, you Like, should. just a full Mortal Kombat. Yeah, do that edit. for Vanilla's birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea. Listen, thinking of good stuff here. Then we have Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Well, shit. The I, retirement bout. I felt, look, look. I tell you that's your heartstring. I picked Frankie to win a decision. The moment I saw Frankie at the weigh-in and I looked at his face, I was like, this motherfucker aged like 17 years. <laughs> what am I do- Why did I pick him? I felt bad. But then, a knee right up the middle. Gutierrez just murdered him. And then, yeah, I felt bad. Like Frankie, Frankie has now caught a foot everything. up the middle and a knee up the middle yep. on his way out. Yeah. I felt bad for him, man. It's time oh, to man. go. 
He's given the sport everything he's had, but man, as soon as I like I, again when I watched him at the weigh-in, I looked at his face and I was like, I don't remember Frankie being so old. It's like this fight week. Cole Winters on the East Coast. People don't age right. Yeah, it's a wrap. Gutierrez yeah. is, is is a good like I thought Gutierrez. I never thought it was a bad fight. Like people were like, why are they giving Chris Gutierrez? Like because Gutierrez is good. I thought at least Frankie could stay on his feet and box a little bit. That shit ain't last long. No, he just ate a knee. Yeah, and then now it's like. All right, the legacy of Frankie Edgar. The legacy of Frankie Edgar on the show is he never did it for you. Yeah, for you. But outside of that, as in a career, I think he's people throw Mount Rushmore's on. We do a lot of Mount Rushmore lists. Yeah. But in terms of like faces of the UFC, not overall careers, not overall records, faces of the UFC. He's in that conversation. Oh, he's, I mean, for the Mount Rushmore, the UFC, like GSP to me is like, you think yes. UFC GSP is up there, right? Like yeah. to an, a point, BJ Penn might be in that conversation. He's got a weird to a certain, certain gener- but like faces like synonymous with the UFC. Frank Yeager to me is like synonymous with the UFC. Well, yeah, because nobody ever, you know, when he fought Tyson Griffin, people were like, who is this guy? Yep. And he beats Tyson Griffin and everybody's like, all right. Let's see what he does next. And then he just starts beating everybody. And he's high. Like, again, he fought everybody. He's one of the only stars built in the UFC. Yeah. All the way through and through. Not no WEC. From Strike Force, yeah, none Pride, of none of this other shit. Nope. Anderson Silva came out of God knows where. Pride, but, he was at Pride. Oh, he was at Pride. Yeah, he'll hook by Rio Shona. Yeah. I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, but, it, like, he was built there. He yep. was their guy. Sucks, man. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's. When I think about it, I'm like, okay, I get Frankie. Like, he is a UFC guy. Through yeah, and through. through and through. And then, now it's where she gets fun. <laughs> Lightweight fight, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. My new guilty pleasure in MMA is when someone's busted open, but they get top control or mount, and they just fucking bleed all over the other person's face. Yo, my man, Michael like, Chandler. Just, like, like the Blade movie. Type shit. Like, where they just wilding out and they're just spewing blood into the other person's face. And they're the one that's hurt. But for some reason, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah. I mean, this this fight was Can't everything. hygienic. This fight was everything we thought it'd be. Like, yes, absolutely was. everything we thought it would be. That round first round one. was nuts. And then Chandler decided to control round two with his wrestling. Yeah. Which, smart. very smart. Because it was like, at, a, at late in round one, Poirier hit him. And I was like, he don't like that. We slow mo it on ESPN MMA. It's one of the greatest oh, slow-mo the- punches. It came right down the pipe. Yeah. And you could see his eyes, and he was just like, nope. Not, no more of this shit. <laughs> Not again. And, and the reason why he changed strategies is because he had 60 seconds between rounds to reconsider his approach. If they would have stayed in that round, he would have got knocked out because he would never stop swinging. But when he went back to his stool, he was like, he got to think about it. I was like, yeah, I ain't really like that shit. So I, you know what? I'm take this down the mat. And Poirier couldn't get up. Nope. But then that third round, boy, Dustin Poirier, again, striking-wise, he's aged like a fine wine. Yeah. In terms of being a striker. So calm and precise. Oh. Because the chin never recovers for most when you get knocked out. Mm -mm. His chin has gotten better as he's gone on. uh, It's funny because you go back and you watch that Dan Hooker fight, and they beat the shit out of each other. Yep. And Poirier's... Fine. Never rock. Connor hit him with some missiles. Yeah. That's what was like, cool. I can take that. Whatever. It's like, yo, I'll outlast you. Um, Gaethje 
I'm saying he, he the, fought the everybody. first Gaethje fight where he stopped Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje had him dead to rights twice. Nope, dude. Eddie Ain't Alvarez. It. You go down the list. Dustin Poirier has literally fought like he's like the Frankie Edgar, but got rocked by Michael Chandler or no uh, Michael Johnson. Yeah. He moved up to lightweight. He wasn't yeah, ready. Did no. And like, <laughs> he was like, and before oh, no. then, Connor stopped him and everything was like a little yeah. weird at Featherweight. Like, it was just like his chin has gotten exponentially better. Because you look at him. You don't see look, that all the time. There's a couple of things. If you look at Dustin Poirier and how he's filled out as a lightweight from the neck up. It's a natural weight now. He, that makes sense. He's different. And he's built different. And Michael Chandler's built like a little tank. Yeah. Which is why Dustin Poirier was like, let me get under this little stocky guy's neck and choke him out. That makes sense. Yeah, like if you're just fighting and you're healthier and you're fighting at a better weight, you're not cutting your body. Uh, we've heard several fighters talk about nutritionists, eating oh, yeah. right, just training right. Yeah, that's probably it. Like he just filled out. Like you this fill is, out, you don't have a lot of water around the brain. Yeah. So it's like, you, I mean, your brain can stay still. He's fine. That motherfucker eats punches. Yeah, that and first it, round was phenomenal. And he, you know, he, he, you ask him what's next and he was like, oh, I'll fight Benil Darius. Like, Dustin Poirier is the guy that's like, I will fight everybody in this division. He's been there, done that. He's on his post-Conor McGregor contracts. Yep. Which is the best thing to do. Yep. If you're able to fight Conor, renegotiate, and then take that money into other fights, Man. oh, you're golden. Let alone still winning. So he's, you're beating everybody else. Like, if he wants another title fight, sure. But he's been champion. Yeah, he was interim champion. He never was full champion. Okay. He's not going to beat Islam either. No. Man can't wrestle that way. It's the scariest <laughs> division in MMA. Like, Dustin Poirier has watched this division, watched different people come and go. Habib, Oliveira, Islam. Who knows who's next? But he's still It's been here. a run of people who could really fuck you up on the ground. Yeah, it, it's been a run of people. Run of people just could fuck you up. Because, like, you just go down this list. Like, they've never had, like, a weak champion. Rafael Dos Anjos, Anthony Pettis. Dos Anjos was right for the pick. I think he would have, like, if you go back, if Dos Anjos never got hurt, he might have beat Conor. No, Conor was fucking him up. Just like he did Eddie Alvarez. That was a different version of Conor. But, Eddie, I mean, he Eddie. would have stopped. Eddie, he was in Eddie Alvarez's head. Sure, but he would have stopped Dos Anjos equally I, as quick. I don't know. I don't know, because Dos Anjos would have fought a different, and Dos Anjos was big at lightweight. Yeah, you would think he would have fought a different fight. <laughs> Everyone should have fought a different fight back then. Conor in a vacuum, 20 years is going to be the most interesting case study. Because he did everything in four years. Yeah, he did it quick. And it's just like, yo, grand opening, grand closing. Hit the earth like a comet, and then that was it. Yeah. Like, it's here for a good time, not a long time. No, and he wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to fight everybody, but it's how the the cookie crumbles sometimes. But you look at that division, the fact that Poirier still hovered around, like, the top five, and he's not a gatekeeper. No, because he'll fuck up anyone who's young. Yeah, because it's it's like, don't come to me if you're trying to get a title fight, because I'll turn your ass back around. Yep. No, no, no. So I, I don't know. Michael Chandler's kind of a gatekeeper. Chandler's a, a different case. One. Yeah, Chandler. Michael Chandler's a different case because he's had his run at Bellator, but it now is what he's two and four in the UFC. Yeah, it's ugly. Somewhere it's not very good. And, and Chandler is still a fun fight. Does he only have one win. Uh, he beat Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and got his title shot right. Yeah. Well, he beat. You no, know, he just beat Tony Ferguson. He beat Dan Hooker. He lost two fights, and then he beat Tony Ferguson, and then he lost. So he's two and three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's two and three. He's still a fun fight. He's a guy, like, if, you, if a Fazee versus Chandler fight, give me that. There's a lot of guys at lightweight that I would like to see fight Michael Chandler. Poirier's on another level. He's top five. 
But Dale Darius has to fight Dustin Poirier. There's no way you're going to get a title fight if you're that without. high on the rankings without fighting Dustin Poirier. But this fight was everything we thought would be in then some. And then we got to finish. It's so hard to beat Dustin Poirier. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard. Just Connor can't do it. No. No. I mean, Connor might come back. Connor ain't coming back. I don't think then, so. Let me put this on the record. Yeah. Now when I see him without his beard, this motherfucker's next 18 size is too big. He's too big. He ain't coming back no, no time soon. He got Barry Bonds head. Yeah, he's... Like, it ain't... I'm not saying he's taking anything. I don't know his life. Hey, but he is big. double the size of when he last fought. He ain't coming back. Ain't as a capable him. fighter. Ain't nobody worried about Connor. No, nah, no. Nah, Connor's a rat. He's sitting on his boat of money. His Lamborghini boat of money. Yeah. Co-main event. Women's strawweight title. I didn't expect the winning streak to continue here. Carlo was amazing as our guest last week. Carlo Esparza, champion, coming in against Wei Li Zhang. Wei Li's just... She's a beast. Wow. I tell you, there was no path to victory for her. No. None. Buzzsaw. Nothing. Like, Carla got hit and her eyes got big. And I was like, she's done. She's done. Because now it's like, I can't even go for a desperation takedown because she's too big and strong. Yeah. It's like fighting Tatiana Suarez again with more explosiveness. And then getting subbed. Yeah. It's like... There was some nice scrambles, but it was just like every time Wellie was on her ass. No this, time to breathe. Nah, this fight went... The fact that it went two rounds was the only thing that was surprising <laughs> to me. Shit. It could have been done at one. It could have been. Yeah, the the end was never in question Mm-mm. for me. It was just how long? This how long was, can you survive? This was a fight that I looked at the betting odds and I was like, this should be like... Carl Sparrow, this should be like a plus 1,000. Because I, I kept saying it. I see no way for her winning. Yep. And there was no way for her to win. She got mugged. Main event, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Boy. One hell of a fight. So you get the first round where Alex is looking really good. High-class chess match and kicks boxing. Izzy catches him to close the round. It's Ten more seconds, Pereira. Who to finish him? Yeah. Who to finish him? Done. He doesn't know where he's at. Nope. Hit right behind the ear. Equilibrium is fucked. Takes all his time. Gathers his wits. Comes back out. Plays a safe second round, but I think he wins. Yeah. Toss-up round. Third round, come out. Izzy takes him. Well, Izzy catches his foot, trips yeah. him. Yeah. Go to the ground. Izzy wrestles him. Trying yeah. to sap his energy. Yeah. yeah. Calling Israel Nurmagomedov on, on Twitter. <laughs> for a time. Like, yo, he wrestles him. Fourth round, I think now with sapping that energy, Izzy plays the chess match. Mm-hmm. Izzy gets the better of him. He's up three to one going in the final round. End of the fourth round. I went back and rewatched this because Izzy was on aerial. Said something very cool. I went back. End of the fourth round. If you watch the fight, last minute and a half, Pereira doesn't land anything significant to the head. Mm-hmm. Leg kicks Izzy. 30 seconds left in the fourth. Izzy said it hits a nerve, shuts his whole fucking leg down. Yep. Comes out in the fifth. He can't move. <laughs> he can no longer avoid Pereira. Pereira cuts off the cage, brings it to him. Izzy can't get out of the way because he said he gave him a dead leg. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. It's happened to O'Malley. Yep. So O'Malley's injury was like, yo, he broke his ankle or something. Nope. Nah. Hit the nerve, went dead. He says he didn't I'm lose sit- this fight. He's but sitting up. Yeah. <laughs> he lost. Sitting down. They had to call a fight. We've seen it in MMA several times. Just hits the perfect spot on your shin and it's over. Yep. And Izzy couldn't get away. And even then, Pereira's pouring it on. There's a good amount of time still left in the fight. Ref steps in, gives the TKO, new champion. 
Izzy just had to survive. But that's good for Alex. Alex, like, I'm tired. I ain't swinging for the fences. I'm a leg kick. We're going to figure this out in the fifth. Yep. The leg kick ended up winning it. Corner is incredible, too. Go out there. You need oh, the Glover knockout. was phenomenal in the You Glover. need the knockout. Yep. No lying to this man. You need the knockout. Don't play any games. No. And he went. And first round, Izzy would have countered him, knocked his ass out. Yep. Fifth round, Izzy couldn't move. Put Izzy's back on the octagon. And that's where power punchers are the most dangerous. Oh, yeah. You have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Trapped him. And Izzy's still dodging. The rest steps in. Was it an early stop? No, absolutely not. Izzy was done. I want to see him go out. Nah, I don't. We, we didn't As watch too many. champion? Mm-mm. With the lead? No. Referee, referee don't know I that. Mean, you see the fight. Yeah, but the referee don't. He ain't then counting. you should just give your champs more nah. leeway. No, dude, he was cooked. I thought so too, but he because, still had some bob and weave. Nah, you can bob Let and weave. Let the man lean, like, nah. land super clean. Mm-hmm. No, because the next thing that was coming was a fucking knee and Izzy would be in the hospital right now. Possibly. Because... <laughs> The thing is, is that Mark Goddard allowed Israel to get up after he stumbled down from that right hand. Yes. yes. He gave him time. Yeah. He wasn't throwing back. He was doing this. He was doing the reach. Yeah. And, and coming up with air. And Alex was just clobbering him with everything. Yeah. So there's a couple of things before, like, before I made my Canelo comparison. One, Alex Pereira is fucking huge. Gigantic. Like, as soon as it got in the octagon, I was like, oh, God. He's bigger than light heavy. Yeah, I was like, I didn't, I didn't think about this part of the game. When I saw Alex standing, like, Israel kept talking about how big he was, but no, Alex was huge. Yep. He was a light heavyweight. Bigger. And he was 225. At, at least. He was two, least. between 215 and 225. 225. He yep. was huge. The whole, and I don't, there was two, this, this fight, I predicted Israel knocked him out in, like, the fourth round. I figured he would catch him coming in. Got with close. Something. Got close. I don't know if this fight ends up playing out any different if they fight again. I think so. I, again, it's a matter of survival. But see, here's, here's the problem. Alex now has a different level of confidence. He had that going in. No, it's different. Because now, you've seen Israel try to wrestle you. You've seen him try to clinch. And now all you do is have, you have time to get better in these areas. And you're still huge. Yeah. Israel's issue is his 25 minutes of not getting hit. That's the problem. You know, it's hard to go that long without getting caught. And I, I hate that for Adesanya because he's that he's really good. And the fact that it ends in the fifth round makes him think, I can beat him. Yeah. I know I can. Had him. Dog, you're 0-3 against this man. Fuck it. Go again. Again, your Canelo comparison is about to be spot on. Um, yeah. Some, sometimes you got to let because sleeping dogs lie, but no, like, he's not going gotta to. got to go again. No, because you're so good that you're good enough to overcome all those physical attributes. Yeah. Other people can't. He mows down everyone. But you're so good that you can overcome all of that. Get close enough where you're feeling like, I could win. But you lose. Yeah. So you just, I just need that one out of ten chance. But you're good enough to go for it. Like Canelo said, my hand's healing. I'm coming back in May. Yep. I want Bivol. So why do you want Bivol again? He's too big for you. He's too long. The jab is crazy. I can beat him. And the cards say he wasn't that far off. No. My eyes said differently. The cards said, yeah, you throw a couple more punches in a couple of rounds, you got this. Right. It's like, I could beat him. And you're looking, and just like, you sure about that, buddy? I don't know. But you're good enough to hang around where other people can't. We just saw Zerto. Yes. Get picked apart. So you're looking like, I'm better than everyone else they fought. Yep. 
because nobody else can even survive this. I'm better than all of them. And I think I'm as good as him. But I got to try again, even if they have your number. But everything on paper, say you asked out and it's going the same way. But I looked at this and I thought he was going to win. He just had to survive. But the, the strength behind everything, when it didn't hit his face and it doesn't drop you right away, because he wasn't out. He's been in more danger before, I think. Like really getting knocked down and being like a little wobbly. Like he wasn't there. But the accumulation of power wasn't going to stop. It wasn't going to slow down. And to again dead someone's leg with a kick to the shin means you have insane power. It's it's coming nuts. behind everything. It's nuts how strong this man is. So I, is is he in Canelo comparisons for these spots? So here's my here here's where it starts. Israel Adesanya, Canelo Alvarez, dare to be great. Their whole MO is I'm going to fight and beat everybody. Canelo made a decision. I'm going to light heavyweight. I'm going to become champion. Israel Adesanya, I'm going to go to light heavyweight. I'm going to become champion. Both of them lost at different points. Israel lost to Jan. Canelo lost to Dimitri Baval. Go back to your weight class. You're just as good, right? Now, granted, Israel fought somebody in his weight class, but that motherfucker looked like a light heavyweight. Yep. Sometimes your ambition can ruin your legacy. Because I think at the end of the day, people be like, okay. They won't I get it. They won't. Going back to the Floyd Mayweather thing. I hate that. It's, it's, it's like Jordan in basketball. It, I think he completely ruined it. It's it's if Israel Adesanya fights Alex Pereira again, because he goes on Ariel's show and he says, I'll fight him without the title. Yeah. That's how bad he wants to beat this. Canelo guy. wants the exact same thing. Same thing. I don't care if he's got title. I no. need to avenge that loss. Yep. But if you go out there and you're overly ambitious because Canelo, you're not going to be as big as Bavall. You just you're Ever. not taller than him. You're not. Izzy's never going to be as big as Pereira. Never. Those physical fight. attributes you just don't have. Skill wise, it's all there, but weight classes for a reason. Weight class for a reason, and and Pereira's just a fucking giant. And with Canelo, it's like, well, you really don't have to fight Bavall, but you want to. Now, some people lose and go, "Fuck that! I ain't fighting that guy no more." And they just move on with life. Yeah, you could wait. Let Arthur Bitter BF try to fight him. Maybe he beats him. Maybe you just fight Arthur Bear Biev, who will now be like 40. Like, you, you know, like, it's also, but, a little shorter. But the ambition, right? So it's like when it's all in this. Remember, I said if he loses, he could turn to Chris, Chris Weidman. Because if Adesanya were to fight Pereira and lose again, his legacy is not the greatest middleweight of all time. His legacy is not touching Anderson Silva. No. And then as time goes on, people will say, How good was Israel Adesanya? We lost that guy, that guy twice. Yeah. But again, there's. That's what makes combat sports so great, right? Like You got a chance. Ali fought Frazier. Yeah. It was like in the first one, people were like, yeah, can't beat this kid. He's bigger. He's stronger. But see, he's your kryptonite. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It was, when Ali fought Frazier the first time, it was because he was coming out for three years gone. That's also true. But I'm just saying, people were like, the second one, you ain't going to win this either. It, <clears throat> All physical aspects pointed to a kid who was not coming off a three-year layoff, who was physically bigger, stronger. Where's your advantage? All it was was technique. Yeah. Where's your advantage? He pummeled you the last time. I mean, it was a close fight. It was a late knockdown that won the fight for Frazier. Yeah, but he physically imposed himself yeah, but, on Ali. But, and they were like, that's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. But it didn't. No, and, and I mean, styles make fights, but... With Canelo, it's like you look at Bivol and you're like, man, you should just let that one go. That <laughs> like, one is, it's like, like Izzy Pereira. I, I could give him. 
I can see why you want to run it back. Oh, yes, of course. If he beats you, the legacy's done. But if you win, the legacy goes on. You can continue writing your story. It's like playing a video game and fighting a boss that has like that big energy bar and you just chip away and he hits you one time and you lose. And you're yeah. like, I can beat him. I can beat him. I can beat him. Got so close. He had this much energy. You're throwing like. the controller like you're mad and you think you can do it. But in the eyes of the public, they start looking like you can't beat him. So if Alex Perez... How good it feels when you do beat him. You're feels a video great. game guy. You're, it feels great. No, but how many times do you get? I don't know. Mike Tyson punch out costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> because I was playing an arcade back in the day. It was all bad. Because I, I swear to God, I could not beat like the Tyson character, like the last one. Can't beat him. No, but you still it, can't beat it's him. It's one punch that finishes you off. Alex <laughs> Perez, the whole fight, as, as soon as the fight started, I was like, Israel's upper body movement's clean. He just has to be, he has to be absolutely perfect to win yep. this fight. Perea doesn't. That was, was perfect for a long time. But it's like fighting Deontay Wilder. You, one punch can end your night. That's it. And there's only one answer to being perfect against those people. It's not missing punches. It's being able to take it. Yeah, you have to be that man's size. You have or to have bigger. Yeah, you have to be a giant. Yes. Like this, it's like physical. Tyson Fury. It's like, yo, he took Deontay Wilder's punch. Yes, he had to be 50 pounds heavier than him. Yes. And four inches taller to eat this punch. That's, that's, those are natural things you can't None get. None of y'all are that. No. <laughs> like, so I, I'm, I'm concerned in, like, Adesanya wants to run it back. If I'm Dana White, I, I'm, I have to run it back. Yes. Like, Brazil? Maybe. How I far? Mean, is Brazil or Perth first? Brazil is that's January. They're not running it back that soon. No. And Perth is pretty is it's fucking stacked. loaded. So it's not gonna be there. It probably wouldn't happen. So that'd be March. March. They, no, I you mean, can't. That's they that's can wait all the way till July at yeah, this point. March is booked. They could do International Fight Week. Yeah. Because it's that have, big. Uh, London. Yeah. But they will probably won't do it there. I think I figured John Jones would be back somewhere. No, no, they're not doing it there. Like no, no, I no. mean, London's already booked for March. So like April yeah. would have to be stateside because that's three. Yeah. I have a feeling it'll be July. I have a feeling like Adesanya doesn't like to wait. I have a feeling it's somewhere between May to July is when this fight will be made. That's seven months. I know. But it is what it is. They've booked a lot of shit already. They're going to need a big fight. This is a huge fight. He's going to push for April. He's, he's going to push to be back quicker. Yeah. The le- it's almost like Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, you really want to get him back in there as soon as possible because Alex Perez is probably ballooning up. Yeah. Because he's got that win. But... The problem is the longer that you wait, like Perez, now, now he's seen everything you got in MMA. He's seen it, everything. He's tasted your power. He, he, he knows you might try to grapple him again. So it's like, it's almost, it's not an easier fight with him, but he knows he can get to you. Yeah. But Izzy knows what he has to do as well. So it's like, a, it's, Izzy's like, yo, I could beat this guy in a chess match. And he said the same thing in kickboxing. Yeah. Like, yo, I had you. And I he got caught. You. And he got caught. And it happened again. He was like, <laughs> at the presser, he's like, I had him on skates. He knows it. I'm going to leave him frozen like Elsa. Like, you're, you're not. You had him on skates again. Yeah, and he got you. you. played a perfect chess match. He gets you because there's too much time it's, it's 25 to avoid minutes. that power. It's 25 minutes to avoid that Even power. Even in kickboxing. It was less time. Yeah. Still caught your ass. It's, Israel Adesanya is such a phenomenal talent, but his ambition, it, it could get the best of him. Like, I want, I, I don't know what I want to see. I Money-wise, it's going to add, listen, it's going to add up again, no, so he, let's do it. He'll be fine. Like, but it's Floyd Mayweather had a, had a tough fight with Jose Luis Castillo and was like, all right, we're going to run that back. He had a tough fight with Marcos Maidana that he made tougher than it was supposed to be, yes. right? 
Floyd Mayweather always had the physical attributes over his opponent. He sucked Canelo down, right? Like he, all, Floyd always made sure it all worked in his favor. Adesanya doesn't even think about just with boxing. There would have been a rehydration clause, by the way. Well, yeah, but Adesanya, that motherfucker would see, not have come in forty pounds bigger. This is why I talk about Adesanya. Adesanya will go. You can have every advantage. I can beat you. Yeah. That's how he functions, and that's what's going to hurt his legacy, right? Because it's like, I wish there could be a rehydration clause because you shouldn't be fighting a man that's that big. No, you shouldn't. Stepped but you are on the scale. The next morning, he was two eleven. He was, he's a in giant. In the morning. He didn't, before eating more, before drinking I spent a piss more. and was 211 pounds. Crazy. The next morning, 26 pounds. Yeah, I can't. I, I just don't know how you beat him, but they're going to run it back, and I, I'd like to see Adesanya win. It's crazy. Him and Kamara Usman suffered the same fate. Same fate. They lost in the fifth round of, of fights that were well ahead on, and everybody kept saying, all you got to do is survive. Yeah. In, in Kamara's case, he just fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah. And out of science, it's like easier said than done, motherfucker, because he's still coming. And especially when he knew it was like, oh, it's the fifth round. I don't need to conserve energy anymore. Exactly. Kamar Usman, by the way, had some lines in Black Panther. Yes, he did. Wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad. I, I, I don't mind it. All right. So before we hit up um, our guest who's joining us today, uh, it's light heavyweight co-main event. We'll pick his fight in a second. But going through here, not a bad card. Andre Fialio's fighting again. Yeah, well, he stays busy. <laughs> On this card, Chase Sherman versus Waldo Cortez Acosta is the first fight we'll give our predictions to. I mean, I mean honestly, look, man, there's two fights. Well, Jack Della Maddalena is opening the card, who actually is on the rise at welterweight. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll beat Danny Ninja Roberts. But uh, there's two fights. Derek Lewis and Spivak, and- which is Derek's get back because. He's going to win. Come on, guys. He's going to knock this guy out. And then our guest is Kennedy Zetruko. The guy, I can't believe you say his name right. And hey, he, he's fighting Ian Kulabin. I'm practicing. I'm asking how I do. And I think Kennedy's going to win. I'm going back to picking our guest. I couldn't yep. pick Carla, but I'll pick no. Kennedy. Yes. But this is a good, sh- like a good matchup stylistically for him. Yeah. So I think Kennedy has the power. Um, we'll talk to him. I liked his last fight, knockout. I think he has some impressive wins on his record. Just got to avoid those. Those decision losses yeah. that come in between those, which just crushing. Division's wide the, open. Don't leave it to the judges, my man. Yeah. Make it happen. Main event, Derek Lewis, Spivak. He's going to knock him out. Yes. He's a black see Apex, yeah. Tiny Cage. It's not in Texas. No, man. He's good. Derek Lewis is winning. Yo, Texas, Derek Lewis is as bad as C level Kane was great. Yes. It's just like, never let, never let the man fight over. No home games for that guy. No, all on the road. So, no, I 100% agree. Let's hit the break then. When we come back, we are talking with Kennedy about his upcoming fight this weekend. So you guys don't go anywhere. Amazing guests coming up right after this. All right, everybody, we are back. As promised, we're here with UFC light heavyweight Kennedy Zichukwo. Did I get that right? Yes, sir, you did. Yes. (laughs) Look at him. I knew. (laughs) Look at him. I'm getting good at this. I love it, man. Um, So, yes, I appreciate you joining us on what is always a busy fight week, especially, you know, trying to make weight and everything else. 
first and foremost, you're in like the most open division in the UFC. Light heavyweight is a division that's everyone's like three fights away from working their way to a title fight. You've been up, you've been down in this division, but we've seen the power you have. Do you feel like every fight you go in there, regardless of who it is, ranked, non-ranked, 15 through one, do you feel like your power gives you a chance against anyone in this light heavyweight division? Um, I don't think so. I think every, all the all the contestants in the light heavyweight division has power. It's just about the experience. The experience plays a huge factor. I mean, in everything you do in life, it plays a huge factor, especially fighting, you know. If you don't have the, that much experience, you won't perform very well. So it's all it's all a matter of getting more fights, training consistently, and building your skill set. Kane, let me ask you, man, because you have a of Nigerian descent, and it's it's been kind of rough for the cats the, the past couple of weeks. Kamara Usman just lost his welterweight title at the last minute. Uh, Israel Adesanya just lost his title in the fifth round of his fight. But Dana White, he wants to go to Africa, and he still wants to hold a card out there. How big would a card in Africa be with guys like yourself and Kamaru and Francis? Like, do you think that it has to happen at some point? Yeah, I mean, just UFC in particular, I mean, it's going to be huge because um, we don't really have that out there. So just having it out there, um, having the, the locals out there attend it, it will be huge, you know, because um, we don't, is not really, it's not, I mean, it's known over there, but not as much as, as it is over here in the Western world. So, I mean, to have it over there and to have locals come out to support us, that'd be awesome, you know. When it, I mean, and the reason why I brought up Kamara on Israel, it's like, it would have been great if we could have all the champions there and then guys like yourself and, like, everybody. I, I don't know if, it, if it's it, – I don't think it'll ever be too late, but it's like, damn, it was, like, right there that we could have done UFC Africa with all the black champions and really represent because one thing we know about MMA is that it hasn't hit Africa yet. It's still a community of, of African Americans and black people in general that are still learning about the sport. So the significance level of, like, an all-black UFC card would just be huge. Absolutely, it will be huge. I mean, it's a game of inches. I mean, it's sad to see that they lost the belt, but um, I'm pretty sure they're going to regain the belt again, and hopefully we get to have it in Africa soon. When you see just the influx of talent of people of Nigerian descent in the UFC, right? Like, Because it's pretty much been like four or five years where it's just like a wave of talent. So many great fighters who are Nigerian are in the UFC now. It's like a, a takeover. Did you, do you like look at that and be like, man, that, that makes me happy. Like we're representing for our culture, a culture that, you know, we've seen athletes in NFL be Nigerian. We've seen it in other sports. Now it's finally leaking into MMA. Is that something that you're proud of, of really being part of that first wave and influx of Nigerian talent? Oh, yeah. I, I know it's going to come. It's, I know there's going to come to a point where African fighters are going to take over the UFC because I'm, um, for the longest time, we are usually involved in other sports, but not really MMA. So um, the talent is there, the physicality is there, and the athleticism is there. It's just a matter of doing it and getting that experience. So before you know it, within five more years, there are going to be a lot, at least 20 to 30 more fighters in, of Nigerian descent in the UFC. Um, just a matter of time. So let me ask you this, because you got Ian Kudalaba this weekend, which is obviously a big fight, because as, as my podcast co-host mentioned, it's, it's a wide-open division. Um, obviously a win against him is huge, but another name that just came up that everybody's looking at is Carlos Alberg, somebody that you beat. So it's like, when you yeah. look at that, do you feel like you're right on the cusp? Like a win this weekend might get you into that top 15? 
Man, they, whoever they push me, put they put in front of me, I'll fight. I don't. I'm not really ducking nobody, you know. So if he gets the wins and we cross paths again, we're eventually gonna cross paths, and I'm I can't wait, you know. So the, as you said, it's a wide open division, and um, I know he's been doing so well, you know. I'm proud of the guy. So it's also it's all a matter of the timing, you know. If we both rack up wins again, we're probably gonna meet eventually. So that'd be awesome. Every time I see you fight, I'm just like, yo, this guy is huge for light heavyweight. Right. We were starting to see like this again. How easy is it for you to continue to make 205? Because when I when I look at you in there, I'm like, man, this guy can go up to heavyweight like tomorrow and just wreck over there, too. Do you feel like light heavyweight is your division for the foreseeable future next couple of years? Or have you ever thought about like, uh, you know what? I don't like cutting weight that much. Let me uh, try my hand there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for now, I'm making the weight pretty pretty easy. So it's all about having a nutritionist. So since my last fight, that was the first time I had a nutritionist and I worked with one, and um, the weight came off so easy. So the weight cutting is a very crucial part of, of combat sports. If you don't cut it the right way, it could affect it could affect your performance in the cage, you know, which it has for me. But um, since my last fight against Carl Robertson, I had a nutritionist, and um, I cut the weight so easily, and I retained my strength and my conditioning. So it helped Played a huge role as far as my performance and displaying my performance in the cage. So let's talk about the fight with Kudalaba because how do you think this thing is going? You guys are the co-main event for UFC Fight Night, which means the spotlight is on you. Um, and I always ask oh, yeah. this because a lot of guys will go, I just want to get the win. And obviously, you do want to get the win. But is there a part of you that just kind of wants to put on as well, you know, because you can you can show out as well. And there's, you know, there's money if you show out and get a performance of the night bonus. Do you think about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I just don't want to get a win. I mean, especially in this sport, you do want to be exciting. You know, that's how you build up the rankings and you get more more um, publicity, as you said. And um, I just want to dominate. I want to get a finish in every single fight. So with that being said, I have to perform very well, train hard and consistent, build my skills and my assets as far as combat goes. And um, just go in there and dominate. But I need to take these guys out. I have to. I can't let it go to this sense. You just don't want to leave in the judge's hands. I just want to go out there, have a splendid performance, and just take the guy out. My man says splendid. Fight. He yes. said a splendid performance. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. When you look at this, you you know, you're out there to put on a show. You're out there to put your stamp on this fight, build your brand. Is there a difference between fighting at the Apex and fighting in front of a large crowd or an arena, do you perform any different? Do you get, like, an extra boost being in front of a larger amount of fans? Is there anything different when you have to fight in the Apex and it's kind of like 200 people? I mean, the only difference I would say is just the um, amount of um, audience, you know, the spectators watching. And um, it's actually quite quiet. It's more quiet than the Apex. So you can actually hear your corner as they chant out instructions. So that's pretty much the only difference. And, um, it doesn't really affect me regardless because if I fight in a crowd or not a crowd, I, I'm still going to perform. You know, when you get in the cage, you don't really think of too much about the people outside of it. So it doesn't really make a difference. So the only difference is just it's more quiet and, um, yeah, less audience. That's all. Can I ask one of my last questions? I mean, the UFC just recently uh, installed that fighters can't wear their flags or represent on the way to the octagon. For a per- person who has country pride, what do you think about that? I mean, you think it's kind of it's kind of shady that you guys aren't able to represent when you walk out? Ah, uh, to be honest, I ca- I can't really say. I don't really. It doesn't really matter to me. And um, they probably have a reason why they they had that rule in place. But um, 
even if they don't know, they don't see the flag, they can actually see us on the individual on the TV. They can see our flag name, our right beside our name. So, um, I'm just ready to fight. I don't. The flag doesn't matter. People are really going to know who I am and know where I'm from, regardless of who, what, what fighter you are and where you're from. They're going to see the flag right beside your name. So, even in the interviews, they're going to see you more. So, uh, I, I mean, I would love to have the flag walking out, but I, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. All right, I got to work around for this. Everyone's getting custom shorts. Can we can we get you a pair of Nigerian flag shorts? Can we just put it on the shorts? Oh, that, that. Like, yeah, that'd be cool, but you have to perform first. Yeah. So before you make any demands, before you make any demands, thank you. I know, right? You got, you before you make any demands in the, in the company, you have to really perform. So once you get your gets more leverage in the company, and that's when you're able to make demands like that. So you can't really make demands without performing. So I just want to rack up a lot of wins, a lot of finishes, and be able to see if I could get that. But if I can't, it is what it is. Just keep continuing to build my journey in the organization. My last question, uh, no doubt you're handling business this weekend. How important is it for you to stay active? Like you just said, how important? Because you, yeah. you fight three times a year. It, it seems like, yeah. you, is that something you actively go for, fighting three or four times every year? Yeah, to be honest, I would like to fight five. I don't mind, you know, because as we said initially about this, in order to build that experience, you do want to be active. So the more in that cage, the more you could build that comfort level and have the awareness of that cage awareness that all they're going to work in the UFC. So right, the better for me. But uh, the key is to stay healthy and, and um, not to get injured while in or in, inside the cage or outside the cage. So, um, yeah, as you said, more fights plays a huge role in experience and building that um, comfort in the cage and awareness. No, I appreciate it, man. Wishing you nothing but great health and amazing performance this weekend. I'm sure you're going to put on one hell of a show for the fans. I'm looking forward to another knockout. Me too. So can't wait to watch you tear it up in the co-main. Derek Lewis in the main event should be one hell of a, a finish to that card. Two knockouts. Let's go. Can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Enjoy. Anytime, sure, man. man. Thank you. Kennedy Zechuko joining the Corner Podcast. I'm proud of myself. My Nigerian last name pronunciation is just amazing now at this point uh, i listen to a lot of toby and Igwe. so like I, i'm really like paying attention to pronunciation now so I, that's growth yes dre yeah. we, we appreciate it. it looking forward to that fight this weekend should be a cool card it, it's it's a nice way after last weekend's card which we already talked about to be like all right let's go out there let's watch a couple more knockouts because we had 11 finishes yeah. this past weekend we have some people who could deliver a couple more this week. So we appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening to today's show. As always, we'll keep it short and sweet to end this. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wind Resort, Las Vegas. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, and our YouTube, The Corner Podcast, where you can see all of these interviews and our shows every week. For myself, for the old man Andres Hale, till next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.